here. When we talk about crawfish, we talk about ball crawfish, we talk about jambalaya, we talk about crawfish bread, we talk about crawfish pasta, crawfish etouffee, crawfish wrap, and crawfish jubilee. Imagine there's no pizza I couldn't if I tried Eating only tacos Or Kentucky Fried Imagine only burgers is frightening and sad. You're lucky you have pizza to feed your kids for you. What is going on, Bobad fam? It's me, your boy Scotty Jarrett here. Super excited to start off this school year talking about teachers, talking about education, talking with Mark Newbold. What? And Jerry Cable, one the one and only. This is going to be fantastic. But first, let's do some plugging. If you're watching us right now, you're watching the Bombad Cast live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or s no. 6 p.m. Um, the other California time. I forget what it's called, but I can tell you this much. We're here for a good time. It doesn't matter what time it is. My boy Jerry, he has his own show every Monday, every Monday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, and it's called Hyperfocus. I think it actually might be moving, but Jerry will tell you that in a second. Like, not moving permanently, just like changing times and dates. But every Wednesday, 8 p.m., you can watch me play old, new, any kind of video game. Happy to be here, and obviously, we did some Mario Kart last night. We had a blast. We even got, like figured out a glitch. Before I get any further into this, this wild episode with Mark Newbold talking about Star Wars teaching, I got to bring in my co-host, the one, the only, Gerald the Candle to Junkled. Jerry, how are we doing, buddy? Hey, Scott. He goes, whoa, hey. that, was, that was a quick shift. I kind of almost <laughs> fell over during that one. Um, hey, man, I'm doing great. And what a, what a way to start out the show. With then you know, there's no better way than nope. 
than uh, Mr. Uh, uh, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. I'm blanking on his name. Mark um, Newbold. Well, we got we have Mark Newbold. <laughs> we have Mark Newbold for sure. But I've I was thinking about this joke the whole time coming in, and now I've completely ruined it Herman because I've, I've, I've overthought about it. Herman Cain. I was great seeing. It was great seeing Herman Cain direct from heaven. Yes. Uh, singing about imagine if there was no pizza, and um, <laughs> that's just. I mean, we'll get into that here. You know, hey, we're moving to Tuesdays on Hyperfocus. Oh, so it's we're moving Tuesdays. to Tuesdays. Tuesdays Let's at nine thirty. Tuesdays at nine thirty. Nine thirty Central Tuesdays, or nine thirty Eastern. Nine thirty Eastern. Um, okay. So just do do your math from there because I'm yeah. not going to hold your hand. I love you guys, but it's it's a conversation fun. you can have um, right here. As it, th- that would be a fun conversation right there. Like, you know, hey, where'd you get where'd you get your shoes? Oh, oh, oh nice. me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Same, same. Um, you, you might want to answer that question, but I don't know. We might want to bring Mark in pretty soon. Mark's been waiting. Mark had See, to wait all the way through that long ass. You know, uh, Herman Cain music number. Mark is so relaxed. And, and real quick, Alex, tell them mm. not to freak out. They took the same exact quiz last year. Okay, the perks of being a teacher. <laughs> I teach y'all. I teach lab safety. And, and it's the same lesson every year. And it's the same exact quiz and test. And everyone's like, we don't know what to do. You've taken it two times, Alex. You are going to take it a third time tomorrow. Anyway, let's Technically, you should do better than you ever have, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We got yeah. StarWars.com contributor and Star Wars Insider contributor. The one, oh the only. Oh, my goodness. Mark Newbold. Mark, how we doing, buddy? Hey. Oh, I'm very well. Hey. I'm very well. How are you? Man, we're doing good, dude. I'm happy to have you up so early. Mark doing is better. in the UK yes. currently, and it is like early, early for him. So we're lucky to have him here. Oh, Mark, Mark I, I saw you. You said you had like you set a timer, like you went to bed early today <laughs> before I picked up my kid, and I saw, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, God bless you, God bless you, sir." So, well, I noticed you're you're checking the time zones and Central and Pacific and Eastern and all that stuff, and I got it in yeah. my head that you were. East Coast, which is five hours, but you're not essential, which is six. So I was up at 10 to 1, my time, okay. and then realized that it's actually 10 to 2. So I've just been sleeping on my sofa for the last hour uh, and then <laughs> and then got up again. So I've had three sleeps so far. So, but I'll be nice. That's a, so you're very well rested then, right? Yeah. 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 And it's, I would hope so. And also, it's the eve of Bad Batch, right? And I think all of us are like, kind of jittery a little bit like i don't think the episode's going to be crazy climactic but i may be wrong and i may have a whole day of work teaching after that amazing episode hopefully so uh i think jerry might jerry says he's not going to stay up late mark and i are under the same i'm probably i'm probably going to because i usually (laughs) have a i usually have a really banger tweet that gets a lot of engagement and you know me i'm a shill Yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I want to get that engagement and stuff. So you know, that's just what it, that is yeah. what it is. So. I get it, I get it. And look, I gotta make an apology at the very top of this. Okay, last Thursday we didn't have bomb bed, and I will be a hundred percent honest here. It was because I'm a little selfish, and I had bought tickets. I had bought tickets to see Suicide Squad, and I forgot that it was the same time as Bombad Cast. And I was like, Jerry, 
There's a lot going, and it was a great movie, y'all. It was amazing in theaters. It was. It was. Oh, I went to see it, it that awesome. night too because. Yeah. 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 Uh, my at mine, it was the first time that I'd seen a movie since I worked in a movie theater that there was like a problem showing the movie, and oh, no. so they had to. They yeah. moved us in from us from a that theater it was supposed to be in to an actual smaller theater. Like there was an, there, there like there were a lot of people that were trying to figure out where to sit because they got to the assigned seating. Yeah. And there was one less row. There was one less row, oh. so we were all just like we, you know, we all kind of got elbow to elbow for a minute. And we're like, uh, "What do we do? You know, let's let's <laughs> shift around here." But it was, yeah, it was great just seeing like you know the, and then everyone was like, "Okay, what's?" And then after the movie, they didn't even turn the lights back up. They forgot about us, and I was like, "I love it. <laughs> I love it when this stuff happens." Because I used to work at that for like ten, almost eight years. I worked at yeah. a movie theater, and oh wow, that stuff like. It's the worst stuff to have to tell people. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you're like, uh, can yeah. you guys move yeah. to this other one? <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Don't, you're immediately going to hate me. I know you're immediately going to hate me, but it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, did you end up seeing it, Mark? Yeah, we were quite lucky here in the UK. We got it a week week earlier than you guys. So oh, right. ago, we, the first film we'd seen at the cinema since, uh, since um, Birds of Prey. So it's wow. quite quite apt, and we loved it. Absolutely loved yeah. it. Yeah. So so it's so needless to say, Mark is now. Time. Mark is a DC guy. He doesn't do Star yeah. anymore. He's just full on to the DC universe. <laughs> He's given up on all of it. It's not Fanta tracks anymore. It's King no, Shark tracks. Yeah, it's, is all it is. Yeah. DC.com. He writes for them. Uh, but no, uh, Mark, we're glad to have you here, man. And I and I know the best part about all this is the fact that we all have a shared experience with this, right? So. Before we get into the main conversation, I'm, we might have asked you this, Mark, before. I don't remember, but I'm fine with hearing your answer again if we have. Every guest gets a chance to, to answer this question. It's what is the what is your best? What do you think is the best? What is your favorite? What is the most fun Star Wars movie to you personally? Because so, yeah, we best favorite, we all, most fun. Best favorite, most fun. And we all have different ways of categorizing these things. And I don't know if you can go off the top of your head or if you need me to kind of stall for you for a second. But if if you can deliver. I would love to hear your best favorite, most fun, Mark. Okay. Well, I can't remember what I said last time, but I will say the best is, and I'm pretty sure I would have said this before, the best is still Empire. Okay. Okay. And, also, and also my favorite. So it's still my so It's the best of my favorite, but I would say the most fun. I, I don't know what I would have said before, but I think I would pretty confidently say Solo because um, yes. we Ooh, used yeah. to say you I missed an episode last week because of Suicide Squad. Me and Mark, who I do making tracks with, missed an episode last week because he was on holiday. And the last wow, time, man. one of the last times we actually saw each other face to face was when Solo came out. And we came out of the Empire Leicester Square at the press screening and we were literally jumping up and down and hugging each other because we were so excited <laughs> about seeing Solo. So so I would say that is a golden memory. So that would that's what I would say. Best Empire, favorite Empire, most fun solo. Man, you know, Solo 2. That's a good it, answer. I love Solo. It, I agree. And, like, Solo has been one of those movies that, honestly, and I loved it when I first saw it, but there's a, it's growing way more. It's the one movie that I put on that, like, you know, and I, I treat Star Wars kind of sacredly, unfortunately. So when I do watch a Star Wars movie, I kind of make, make sure it's my prime focus. But Solo is one of the few yeah. I can put on and, like, go do some laundry yeah. or go cook or something and have it not be my main focus. I can just enjoy it and stop and watch it. It's great. Yeah, it's great it's got, for that. Reason. It's got a lot of moments that stop me in my tracks and make me want to watch and stuff for sure. Yes. Too, so. yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, fantastic answer, Mark. And Empire, I know we just came off the 40th. I'm, I can say seeing that in theaters whenever it came back out was was an experience because I didn't realize how 
how big it felt to me until I saw it in theater. So yeah. that is that is fantastic. It still I get holds it. Up. It still yeah, holds I, up. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, look, fellas, let's talk about this. So right now I'm making it more about myself, and I'm sorry I don't mean to. But a lot of you and a lot of people I'd imagine over the next couple weeks well, are going back to school, right? Right. Oh, right. Jerry. You have something you want to say? Hold on! Yeah. Oh, no, no, no! I just we we are we are mandated because we live in the United States of America, and it looks like it looks like the giant red pimple uh, on on the ass of the world right now uh, because of ass. COVID and everything. <laughs> um, but we we are we are uh, we we actually have a public service announcement. Yes, we are all telling you here: go get your vaccine, go get your vaccine, because they are like they're pushing back movies already and stuff because it's getting yeah. so bad here and stuff. I mean, just just go get vaccinated, protect the people around you and stuff. And look here, look at this promotion: a free Jar Jar Binks bumpy tongues uh, sucker with every vaccination. <laughs> Can you beat? Can you beat that? Uh, you would be, I think, that uh, what uh, as Watto would say. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And Look the answer that. is no. You can't. You can't beat that. You can't because these things are. What were you saying? Like eleven hundred bucks well, for a pack. Well, I, I, I tried to buy a case of them, and it ended up calling. I didn't buy it yet. Eleven hundred dollars for like sixty of them. So maybe we'll see. Maybe that's a lot. So it's like <laughs> six, sixty people. We got you covered with a with a plasticky tasting tongue sucker. Yeah, I I, I get it, and <laughs> I, I can say this much: it's the perfect back to school gift for your kid. So they'll just bring there. it. Right gonna segway segway. <laughs> We're pros. We're pros. So I don't know what it's like in the UK. I don't know what your summers look like, marker or, or um. Frankly, I don't know what it's like in Michigan either, but as of right now, most Louisiana schools... They're basically... They're both worlds away from you anyway. It's fine. Okay, you're right. So I've gone back to school. I'm an, I am, I'm employ, I'm an employed teacher. I teach science, and I am back to school, right? And that got me thinking, okay? I get really reflective when the school year starts because, you know, you got to think, how can you make it better than last school year? That's just like a really important, you know, idea to follow because you got to you gotta outdo yourself. You got to outdo it. The kids have expectations now. You got to make sure you prove them that you you can do things better than you did last year. And it's my third year teaching at the school. So like, I don't know, you really got to like sell it. And uh, I'm the most comfortable I've been ever like because COVID was like a nightmare and it taught me the best way to teach. But the reason I'm bringing all this up is because it had me reflecting a lot about what it means to be a good teacher, but what has Star Wars taught me, right? So i Kind of want to go around the table here, and I don't know. I think everyone, hopefully in the chat too, and, and watching this post or you know uh, somewhere after this is posted, um, has had a teacher that's impacted their life. And you don't have to share their names. I don't know if you have any stories that some of you want to share, but I think all of us have hopefully had that experience. And uh, I would like to hear some of y'all's because I do it every day, and I don't realize that that I mean I've got cards from students literally right here. Look at this one card. I'm kid. I kid you not. That oh, I got wow. Jar Jar, I got Ewok at R two, and this <laughs> oh, is from an eighth eighth grader, right? And she said, "Thank you, SJ." And I mean, I'm not going to read it, but like, I mean, these are the things that like look at this one, BB eight. These are the things you get, and like, you don't realize that just by teaching something, it means that much to you, or, or you get that much out of it from other people. So I kind of want to go around and Mark. I don't mind if you start if you can. Was there a teacher that like totally changed your perspective on something, or like changed your life? Uh, yeah, I, I say before we started talking, I think we we just I, I sort of described myself as fairly middle of the road as a kid at school. I, I wasn't top of the stream. I wasn't at the bottom. I was I just sort of tootled along. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I I always definitely had a sense of humour. And when I was in 
fourth year primary, so I would have been nine. I had a teacher called Mr. Holmes, who I thought was the best thing since sliced bread. He was fantastic because he was so engaging. He'd split lessons, so the first half was learning, second half was just fun. But it wasn't until years later when he realised we learnt more in the second half than we did in the first half. You know, exactly. Just the way that he did things. Yeah, and uh, he he was the best thing, and, and just weird little things. Like I was I was I was a really quite chubby kid when I was young, tall but really chubby, and uh, I shot up, and I, I had the Guinness Book of Answers, and I was able to work wow. out that by the time I'd grown up, I would be six foot four. I worked this out when I was nine. That I no way. Foot, I know I, I, <laughs> and he was six foot three, so I'd got it in my head that I want I've got to be taller than Mr. Holmes. I've got to be taller than Mr. Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> years, years, years later, weird. Years and years later, probably I don't know how long later. Twenty-five years later, um, he fell on not hard times. He became a head. He moved on. He was yeah, he was a young man back then. He was probably thirty. Then I'm fifty now. It's crazy. He still feels older than me. But but you know, yeah. he moved on. He became a head teacher. But he had a yeah. few issues, problems. Um, he got pulled over for. I'm not betraying any confidences. This is public knowledge. But he got pulled over for drink driving, and it was in the local newspaper. Oh. I saw that he was having a hard time. So I, I can't even remember how he got his contact details. Um, no, I, I sent a letter to the local paper saying, you know, this was my you know, fourth year primary school teacher. He was a fantastic guy. He was so brilliant, you know, got me into learning and so on and so forth. And about a year after that, I was in the local supermarket. I see this gray-haired guy and I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, sorry. No, this, this guy, he's never going to recognize me. Excuse me, I says, Mr. Holmes, are you Martin Holmes? And he says, "Yes, Mark, I am." And he remembered me from when I was a nine-year-old kid. Oh, so little things. Oh, like that's that. awesome. Blow your mind. So he's always been my favourite teacher. He's the one guy that oh, you know, Captain. That's Mark, a Captain, brilliant he was story. Guy. My God, like that's yeah. the kind of thing I love hearing because, like. I don't know, the the idea of, you know, someone struggling and then, you know, reaching out and then over the years you, you reconnect, it's just a, that's pretty amazing. That, yeah. that, that hopefully I'll experience something like that one day. That's, that's beautiful, Mark. And, and do you know, you, you, you will, still, you will, and you won't even know it. Yeah. You won't you're probably right. It, even though you having on it, it won't for a long time. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. Jerry, do you have anything you want to share like that? Anything similar or anything, you know, comparable? <laughs> I mean, I, I have a, uh, I had a teacher uh, in seventh and eighth grade, eighth and ninth grade, literature, English teacher. And I mean, I went to a very small school. I went to a very small school, a little tiny Christian school in Arkansas and everything, right? You know, um, everyone knew everybody. It was like the, the entire population of the school, high school and elementary combined, I think was... Um, well, maybe just high, maybe maybe just the junior high high school was yeah. like maybe two hundred kids, two hundred people, and um, I just remember uh, my mom is still friends with this lady. She actually grew up with this lady. Um, her name is Mary Jane Fagala. She's amazing. Um, she always she called me Jerry A C E all the time. <laughs> Um, she just, she always, and she always just, and she was friends with my mom, so maybe it was whatever, but like, she just always, like, helped me believe in myself. Um, even when I didn't think it was, like, she told me, like, you have very good reading comprehension, you have very good this, very good that, you know, just was a very encouraging person that really helped me. I was a shy, I was way more shy back then 
even even into junior senior and stuff i came out a little bit more like this after i got off sure. of, you know like my ritalin and stuff i was on they put me on back you know mm -hmm. a long time ago um when i was first diagnosed with adhd but uh, I don't know. I've, I've had a lot of just teachers like that. Cause again, it was a small school. Everyone knew everybody, you know, and I still like I'll, my mom will tell me, Hey, I saw this person. I saw, or I saw Miss Mary Jane or I saw there was wow. another one, Miss Lou Allen who still teaches there, I think. And she was just, she was very important to the last few years mm -hmm. of my time there. And it was just, you know, it, it I was lucky to have several good people, including my mo my mother. Actually, did work at that school as well. Oh, you uh, did, yeah, yeah. And I was in her one of her. I was in her geometry class one semester, uh -huh. and she always got on to me more because, as you should, I guess, as parents who are teachers do, you don't want people to think you're playing favorites. I guess. Yeah. Um. So I yeah I got quite in trouble quite a bit. And I didn't really I I liked it, but I didn't like it. You know things like that. But sure. I, I lucked out, and I had a lot of very just encouraging people around me especially again back in the day when adhd was more of a oh this is just a kid who yes can't pay attention he's kind of yeah. a kind of a blank slate and stuff like that who didn't see me as a blank slate they saw me like they saw the potential and things like that and so that's beautiful that's just, it's really cool it's really cool i yeah i, I lucked out like that scotty what about you bud well, Do you have any stories so i mean when you when you join a career like this it it old it ultimately leads to like you know a, a interest in like reflecting on that kind of stuff like what teachers kind of brought you here and like i'm not kidding when i say this and we'll talk about this later too but the quote from tlj we are what they grow beyond that's the true burden of all masters like that and i was like going through my my education program at my college when i heard that i'm like man i i get it now right you know the hardest part about being a teacher is seeing the products you make it could be both good or bad or you know it's just kind of part of it and um so during that time, I actually went back to my middle school because I was allowed to go observe my school. And um, it was kind of weird, right? It's kind of surreal. You get to see how how the things are made in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Like metaphorically speaking. And right. like I, I talked to my, my former science teacher. You know, now I am a current science teacher, seventh and eighth grade science. And I'm teaching the same exact thing she taught me. And so I went and observed her. And I'll never forget. I looked at her. Her name is Miss Galliano. Okay. And maybe she's watching this. I've had several teachers. I've had... I would say probably 10 teachers in my life that I'll have like completely changed it. But this story stands out to me. She looked at me and we're looking around, we're talking and it's just normal conversation. And I'm in her classroom and they were doing a lab where they were identifying different types of fossils. And the kids would walk up and they had their little tray and they're like, okay, we think we got it right. And they, she's like, Oh, you got two wrong. Go back and see what they are. So I'm watching her do this. And I literally I'm sitting there and it epiphany, like true epiphany. And I'm looking and I'm like, Oh my God. This is where I learned like independence, like truly independent. It's up to you as a student for you to teach yourself. Sometimes it's not always up to the teacher. They present the material, but it's a two part job. I do my job, which is to instru instruct you and help you in understanding something. But it's ultimately you to take it and flip the coin, figure out that next part. Right. How do I apply it? How do I how do I take it apart? So I'm watching this and I'm like, I looked at her, I said, you taught me independence. And literally she burst into tears. And then I'm like, she goes, this is this is why I do this, this is why I do this. And then I oh, burst man. into tears. I'm like, I don't know, this is what I wanna do. And it was one of those moments and you're like, man, this is where it clicked, right? And I don't know, since then it always stuck with me. So I've got former students that you know are starting high school right now and they've reached out to like, this is scary, I don't like this. I'm like, it's gonna get better. You know, it's gonna get better. So hopefully I'll have a, uh, I'll have a, um, 
moment like Mark and, you know, maybe a moment like you, Jerry, with your with your mom and her coworkers. So it's it's crazy, man. It's the one job that I think people forget about that everyone has to endure. Like growing up, Absolutely. you have to endure teachers. You have to meet and get to know teachers and they they don't forget you. And, and if they do, I mean, it's probably because they taught a lot of people. But um, I, it's a, it's an amazing job, right? And and it's not easy, and the pay's not amazing. But I can tell you this much: I've I'm excited to wake up tomorrow morning and go to work. I just am. It's just kind of part of it. And That's this awesome. first week of school is always kind of scary. But to kind of tie back into the main focus, Star Wars, right? We got to kind of bring this up. It's weird, right? And I listened to George Lucas's audio book, the uh, the one that uh, Brian J. Jones did, and it's a great book. Have y'all have y'all listened or read it? The I don't biography. think so. Mark, oh, you, you've listened have... to it. Yeah, I read, I read it a while ago. I'd love to. I'd love to get the audio version. That would be far more it, digestible, I think. But, uh, it, I'll, I'll it, I wish. That. Is not George reading it though? Is it? No, no, no. <laughs> because... but it's it's twenty hours. <laughs> it is a long audio book. Even I can't get past the security. I just just imagine like twenty four hours of that. Sorry, yeah, sorry. It would be great. <laughs> Even I can't get past the security. I remember growing up in Modesto. Yeah. <laughs> so, so all that being said, there is a section about like Joseph Campbell and even Irvin Kirshner, and like I don't know. I mean, I'm sure everyone in this you know video call essentially knows the story behind all this, but like maybe someone doesn't know in the chat, but. The reason George got into anthropology and he got into, uh, you know, so many things of mythology is due to Joseph Campbell, who hit him and George had become super close before, you know, Joseph Campbell passed away in 87. Right. And so after listening to George's book or the guy, Brian J. Jones's book about George, I was like, let's listen to the power of the myth. And I'm listening to that. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is teaching me so much more than I ever would have expected. And it's just crazy to think that George even someone who's so influential, you know, he helped produce a whole TV series for Joseph Campbell, right? And Bill Moyers. And it's a great, it's a great series. But then if you take it and think about it even weirder with Irvin Kirshner, that was his film. Like that was one of his, his teachers at, uh, at U, is it UCLA? Is that where he went? Am I correct on that? Oh, what is it? Is it UC? Yeah. Okay. So that was one of his you teachers there. Yeah. USC. Sorry. USC. Come on. He's going to, I'm going to get, I'm, I'm not going to be able to talk to him. USC. And um, <laughs> so Irvin Kirshner is the director of, you know, Mark's favorite Star Wars movie. It is, it's empire. Right. And that's just, that's amazing. That's crazy that he took his favorite teacher and then flipped it. Oh my God. Steve Palpatine bringing up Steve, Plagueis. Steve, everybody. Steve's here. <laughs> But but what do y'all think of that? How how weird is that that George, you know, kind of got up there and then gave his teachers a ta- a chance? Isn't that isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's absolutely. Just, it's just crazy how how that kind of works. And I don't know. I, I'm kind of going on a ta- on a tangent, but you can see well, it's a good tangent because you've got that passion and stuff yeah. about yeah. that. You can see it is palpable and stuff. Yeah. And and um. George was a teacher in his own way yes. of different things, but uh, you know, he, he also had a lot of teachers growing up. It's that that you know, in in auto, I've in just hearing of his history. I haven't read the audiobiography, but 
or the biography, whatever it was. Uh, but you know, there was like a lot of people who were influential in his life growing up and stuff. So definitely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think in in terms of empire, it, it's it's a great example because bringing in Curse the way he did, terrible trouble on Star Wars. He practically had a heart attack and and, and almost a nervous breakdown making it. Yes. Um, and and to get to Empire when he's kind of already thinking, I don't actually want to be the director of these things. I want to focus on the company and get somebody else in, uh, and 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 brings in Kirsch, who he knew was a safe pair of hands. Uh, you know, they were they were still friends, as you say. There was that teacher student relationship. Couldn't have couldn't have been better, really. And I know it didn't exactly go to to the plan that Lucas had, and that that Kirsch yeah. was kind of a bit more autonomous than maybe he wanted him to be. But nevertheless, look <laughs> at what came out the back end of it. So you know, it, it did work out for the best. It really did. And like even funnier now, if you think about it too, George maybe unknowingly did this too. But he made products of people like Dave Filoni, right? He's telling some of the best Star Wars stories we've seen in years yeah. because he learned directly from George. If you watch those behind the scenes from Clone Wars, I mean, George is like, tell him, no, this is how you do a story. This is how you well, shoot a scene like that. Even he's passing it on because, uh, I mean, a lot of Bad Batch and stuff is like Filoni's just kind of overseeing. He's not like, like yes. the people who are in charge of the story and directing and stuff. Like yeah. you've got people just passing on like all of this just – um, beautiful uh, tapestry that George created and stuff. I, so just like and, and and presenting it in new and and challenging and and impressive ways too. Yeah, they take that formula and they. I figure think also. Out. No, Mark, you go. I'm sorry. No, sorry. I was just going to say it's a bit of a time lag. Sorry, I was just going to say I think I so think to, not not as a criticism of Lucas, but as to the to the compliment Filoni really. I think Dave's a better communicator in that sense. So I think George has had kind of, like you say, brought in all these myths and, and mythologies and worked it out in his head and kind of knew what he wanted to do with it and got it down on paper and worked with other people to divine it down into what Star Wars is. But I think once that's been imparted to somebody like Dave, who is just a great vocally and just in every sense a, a better person at putting it across sometimes to the audience. I, I mean, yes. you know, if you're in a room at Celebration you're going to get more out of Dave than you would out of George. If that makes yes. any sense, that's not a knock on George. Just that Dave's such a good communicator, so he can whittle it down to a to a way that you'll you'll go, oh, God, yeah, I never thought of it that way. You know, And yet you, you kind of know it. Filoni rarely says things that you go, I, I didn't know that. You generally right. go, I never thought of it that way. And, and I just think he makes you think in a way that George just, it's there and you go, yep. You know, but with Filoni, he words it and you go, wow, yeah, you know. So I think that's a great thing. And, and like you say, you know, I think now that's been passed on down to the next crowd. And, of course, George had his influences, you know, the Republic Series, the Flash Gordon stuff, World yeah. War Two bombs and so on. And Filoni's got different – Filoni's got his kaiju stuff and his Western stuff. And, you know, everyone's got their slightly different influences, with you know, seeping into their um, presentation of Star Wars. But the, the message seems to be the same. Yeah, and you know what? You made me think of something, too. That's a really good point. You know, we've got Dave doing all this, but one of the best parts from the gallery episode with Dave was the fact that he kind of coached all of them on the um, scene in The Phantom Menace, right, where, you know, Qui-Gon gets killed and, you know, the the yeah. the fate of Anakin 
the duel of the fates literally is dependent on the fact that if Qui-Gon lives or if he dies, this, this child's destiny yep. is going to be completely screwed or it's going to be perfect with Qui-Gon. And we see the outcome of that. And like, that's like a seven minute sequence. Like I've watched it a couple of times recently and like, it's, it's a big long thing of just him, of just yes. him talking. Yes, absolutely. It, it's, it's, so, it's so enthralling, too. Like you're sitting there, like you're saying, Mark, he's, he's not saying new things. He's not, it's not like, it, but he's just, he's taking the, the holocron, so to speak, and turning it upside down and going, have you looked at this side of it? Yes. This angle yeah. of it and everything. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. and then things, whatever, maybe things that you just look over, like you said, like with George, it's just like, yeah, oh, I get it. But sometimes Filoni will say th has said things that it's just like it clicks into place perfectly, and you're like, oh, yeah. that's an interesting way to look at it. I like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know what's really cool too? It comes under the fact that like in that episode of the gallery, we've got you know a, a set of directors that you know maybe might have not liked the prequels. But Dave has a way of showing them, well, this is the beauty of the prequels, right? I mean, you've got Taika Waititi and you've got Deborah Chow who are now doing their own Star Wars things. Like, she's in charge of Kenobi, which is a prequel, you know, like, yes. centric show. I mean, that's huge, right? And then Taika's doing, obviously, something very interesting with Star Wars later down the line. So, so excited that we got some more news that he's got a story. I cannot yes. wait to figure out what that is. Oh, my goodness. I love that man. So... I, with all that being said, and that kind of leading into this next idea, you know, it's like Star Wars is kind of like a really big quilt, right? And you've got all these people weaving their own philosophies into it. But Star Wars has relatively remained the same at heart, right? Does that make sense? Like the the story and the love and the passion behind Star Wars has not really changed all that much. Everyone's still excited to be a part of it and be in it. But Every director has brought a new like tone and taste to Star Wars that I don't think anyone was expecting. And one of the bigger ones, I would say, is Ryan Johnson. Now, I don't know if you liked or didn't like the movie, Mark. Um, it honestly doesn't matter because I think you know it's still a Star Wars story. But I think he gave us one of our best moments with Yoda, like truly. And I love Yoda. Oh, Prequel yes. Yoda. Clone Wars Yoda is amazing. And now we got sequel trilogy or you know, obviously original trilogy, but – yeah, Jerry, what'd you want a second? See it. I saw you bring fire. No, well, I was just, I was going to say, maybe you should see uh, High Republic Yoda. That's all I got to okay. say. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I haven't gone down that yet. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> just but, saying. Mark, how did you feel after watching that scene where, you know, Luke thought he failed and he's going to ruin it all? And then Yoda kind of comes in and, and does something interesting. I think I think with Yoda because he's so used to you know was it seven eight hundred years of teaching and like like you say we're seeing it in the High Republic now you know he's a very different style uh, Yoda's not right. a consistent yeah, there's a consistency to Yoda but he's not a consistent character in that there's this periods when he's a bit more of a free spirit periods when he's obviously has to dive and, and disappear after Order sixty six and and you know there's different eras it's like the three stages of Elvis isn't it you know the three stages of Yoda yes. there's like different right right. <laughs> Um, but I think I think with that same with Luke, I, I think I think I think with Luke, it's almost that you look at Luke and Leia and, and as characters, as as people, as twins. You know, she's very independent. She's strong-willed. She's organised. She's a doer. Uh, I think I think I've got to say I think Leia as a character didn't need the Force in those movies. She never needed to be Force sensitive. She as a character was strong, independent leader. Yeah, you know, regardless of anything else, I don't think she needed that. Luke is much more passive, much more mellow, 
would never have left the homestead if Buru and, and Owen, Owen hadn't died. He would have stayed yeah. out of obligation. So he was a different, completely different character, different type of person. I think the burden of what Luke knew and the burden of what Luke learned was almost too much for him. So for him to impart that was desperately difficult. You know, I don't think Luke was a natural teacher. He grew mm. into it, but almost out of necessity, like he left Tatooine out of necessity. You know, yeah, there was, there was wow. Things yeah. kind of, Luke wasn't an instigator, kind of things happened to Luke. Leia was an instigator. She made things happen. I think with Yoda, yeah. for him to turn up when he did and, and be the old Yoda that we knew, and you know, just to just to lay it all out on the line, and the way that he spoke to Luke, which was so evocative of the way he spoke to him in Empire, when it took you know Luke took a while to, oh, this is rubbish. What am I doing here? Where's you know this is a load of rubbish? And and Yoda's the one that kind of coaxes him into place the crazy old man again and coaxes him into it. It was the perfect moment for for Yoda to say exactly what you just said earlier. You now it's like, well, you know, they are what we you know we are what they grow beyond kind of thing, and and you've got to. You've got to get your head in the game, really, is what he's saying. You know, you've not failed. It just needed Yoda in that moment to sort of define where we were because Luke lost. Luke was a bit lost at sea, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, it's funny the idea. Like people were upset about why would Luke run away from it all? But let's think about it this way too. I mean, Luke learned from his masters. You know what Obi Wan did? Yeah. Obi Wan said, "I got to go protect yeah. this kid. I'm staying out of the fight." Then Yoda, same exact yep. thing, said, I'm staying out the fight. Yep. So when Luke was yep. isolated, right, he always had a lot of time to think to himself. And the fact that, you know, even when Luke sacrifices himself, ultimately, he learns the greatest lesson of them all. He comes back and he's like, you need to treat this thing with respect. I made a mistake. In episode nine, he's like, this thing, this thing is worth something. Please don't throw it. It's not, I, I threw it before, but now here I am learning from my era. And he... He gives Ray the knowledge and the ability yeah. to, you know, live beyond her, her what she expects of herself. And I think that really is the ultimate test of all teachers. And well, I see you, it, Jerry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, almost, I, almost just like the, the, you know, a lot of people talk about how they don't feel like uh, eight uh, gels with nine very well. But I think that does in that she's she's basically she went there because she's like, I'm doing what you did. And he is uh, being a. It is taking that lesson that Yoda uh, gave him, and it is saying, um, you know, no, you're taking the wrong lesson. You're you. I'm going to teach you the lesson he taught me, and you know, it's yeah, like you said, it's teaching her to grow beyond that. It's teaching her to, uh, no, no, you're 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 learning from me, but you're learning the wrong thing. You're learning from the mistake. You're you're doing the same mistake I did. Um, you need to move on, and you need to go, and you need to. This is like he says. This is your fight. Yeah. Right. Um, you need to, like you said, that teacher that helped you learn independence. He's like you. This is yours. This yes. is on you. It's unfair, but it's on you. Well, so. see, and not not many of those experiences happen in real life until an epiphany, right? Until you realize that, oh, wait a minute, this is starting to make sense to me. This is why this teacher treated me this way. This is why certain people act this way around me. Whatever it is, it's because. There's something that clicks in your head when you realize, oh, okay, this is where I should be. This is what I should be doing. And Star Wars does that so well. And, and it helped me realize a lot of things about myself, especially watching it when I'm a little bit older. I'm not as young anymore. I've got a little bit more experience when I'm about – I'm only 26. I get it. Nothing crazy. But I think as you grow older, Star Wars teaches you more, and it has some of the best teachers in it. Like it really does. And I know yeah. 
I didn't really plan on making a list, but I thought of some before we went live tonight of like some of the best teachers in Star Wars. And not all of them are Jedi. And I need to say that. Yeah. I think people tend to think of teachers that are like, oh, Jedi. But like one of the coolest teachers so we've many. ever gotten, I think to me, was Quill in The Mandalorian. And that that first episode of The Mandalorian, which is made and written by Dave, was one of my favorite ones because, you know, he's he's struggling writing the blurg. And he looks at him and says, your people rode the mighty mythosaur. You can ride this thing. Try it again. And yeah. Yeah. lo and behold, you know, after that moment, Mando does it. And then at the very end of that, Mando gets the greatest lesson of all time. I mean, he... He has to learn how to become a dad at that point. He makes a very big decision. So I don't know. I don't know if y'all have any favorite teachers in Star Wars. We can kind of go around with this one too because I've got a, I got a couple that I'd like to talk about, but there may be some unexpected ones. Um, Mark, I don't know if you have anyone in mind that, that you think of when it comes to teachers or or just teachers in Star yeah. Wars or people that are – oh, here we go. Let's hear You've it. already mentioned him. Qui-Gon for me. Qui-Gon. I mean, he's, he's the one character mm-hmm. – he was my favorite character in The Phantom Menace, and, and, and I think – because he's so pivotal, that's why I love the prequels. They're not the they're not the best Star Wars films, but I think they are the most interesting Star Wars films because it's they're the Cimmerillion of Star Wars. It's it's that that's what was behind the original trilogy when Lucas wrote Star Wars: Empire and Jedi, and had the chance to go back and make them, you know. And now he fits in all that mythology, if you like, all that. Yeah. I mean, galactic mythology, you know, the Star Wars story stuff into those three films i'm sure if disney plus was around now that each of those would be a you know a three season you know disney plus series each of those films there's more than enough content to justify that Um, oh yeah but i think i think qui-gon like you say you know with without qui-gon being around anakin's fate was completely different completely altered i'm thinking right now what happened you know if something happens to hunter tomorrow in bad batch what's going to happen to amiga you know he's her he's her qui-gon oh my goodness you know so yeah i think if, oh, does Qui-Gon had been around, the whole fight of the galaxy was completely different. So he's the guy for me. And just Liam Neeson, I mean, he's just an awesome actor. And he's just so great. I just wish we'd got more. I pray that there's some uh, Qui-Gon moments in um, Kenobi. If they do do these flashbacks that everyone's hoping for. And God, Ewan and Hayden don't look any different. Yeah. Sure they're lucky buggers than they did 20 years ago. Uh, you know, Um and, and neither does Liam Neeson, to be fair. Yeah. And that ILM can take a few crow's feet out and make them look just like they did if they want to. So, you know, I think there's potential. <laughs> I right. get it, dude. And, like, Qui-Gon was one of the one characters, honestly, from the prequels that, like, I would have loved to have gotten more of, too, right? And the, he has some of the yeah. best lines the whole entire time. You know, feel, don't think, use your instincts. That is, like, amazing. That, that it should be a quote that you see in more classrooms or, like, even in, like, inspirational like blissed because like that is so true right there's been so many times in my life where like i focus too much on something and then i screw it up but if i had just gone with my gut no problem right and you know he... bumper sticker ever yes yeah <laughs> absolutely like, qui-gon 2 is just so zen and you know jerry i haven't been on the high republic train yet i've, I've listened to one of the books i loved it i, I just like giving but, you a hard time no i know yeah, but you said it's like a whole book full of qui-gons and and i it, i'm it's sure an I'd entire era it is an entire era of qui-gons there's such the, some of the best teachers honestly in there okay as well well what um, comes to mind for you jerry i was going to ask you that next for for well from the high republic or just in general in stuff. general for like when i say star wars teachers is anyone really kind of you know burst into well, your brain i've got an interesting one that i've i've been rewatching uh i've 
I've been slowly doing like a canon rewatch, and I'm like in the middle of Clone Wars. I'm in, and I just watched uh, the episodes where Boba comes back to get uh, revenge on Mace, and oh. there is a moment towards the end where everybody's favorite pirate. No. <laughs> Hondo Hondo Anaka, thank you, thank you there, uh, thank you Jay. Um, Hondo Anaka uh, tells him like Boba, you know. Well, he tells him for what first he tells him, I knew your father; he was a good man. And then the Jedi, like uh, I think Plo Koon brings him out there, and he says he won't tell us where the hostages are. And he goes, and uh, basically Hondo gets down in his face, goes Boba. He's like. Do tell the Jedi what they need to know. It's what your father would do. It's the honorable thing to do, and it's it's Hondo had of it's a very teacher moment there wow. of like basically like one lovable rogue to you're going to be the lovable rogue eventually, but I'm also apparently going to be the lovable rogue because I don't know what my age is and I guess, I guess I live forever. Um, which I, more Hondo, I'm, I love Hondo, but I, I love that he's yeah. he's in everything yeah. now. Um, but anyway, it's just that struck me as a very I. There's times that there's that whole episode where Hondo is like trying to steal from those poor turtle like turtle farmers. Yes. Uh, on uh, I forget the 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 name of uh, they're they're uh, Silum they're Silum okay. farmers or whatever on uh, Felucia. And it's like this guy's a bad dude. Like he's uh, he's funny and stuff, but then he's got these moments of just actual like wisdom. Yeah. And stuff. So that's just kind of a. Uh, Maybe not the person you want teaching your kids, but it was interesting seeing that like you you can learn things from just about anywhere. You can learn like sometimes people are te- are teach a good lesson and they don't even maybe sure. they don't even mean to. Maybe it's just something like you know yeah uh, yeah. So I don't know that that was an interesting one that just popped into my head. Plus I wanted to play the Jay Leno clip. <laughs> it's just. It's just so funny hearing Jay Leno say Hondo Anaka. So, so, you know what's really cool, too? Because you made me really go to this in my brain for a hot second there, Jerry. When you said you got teachers like Hondo Anaka who maybe wouldn't identify as a teacher, maybe wouldn't be the kind of person that would be like, oh, you know, I love my influence on in people. Or I have an influence on in people. There are some people in Star Wars that really don't do that, but they still have this ability to, like, you know, get to you. He, and like, he was, he was literally teaching the next generation in that moment. Yes. Right. Like, and, and one of my favorite moments too is from the force awakens. And I, I'm sure y'all know this. I don't know um, if, if you remember, but back in the day when they first announced Mos Kanata, JG was straight up. Like she, this Mos Katana's design and look was based off a teacher. I had growing up in yeah. elementary and middle school. And, there's that one moment where, you know, she does the eye thing and she goes, I've seen your eyes, you know, the eyes of someone that wants to run. You know, I've seen your eyes thousands of times. It's one of the coolest lines. And then later with Ray, she has that very similar moment like, you know, go child. This is Luke's lightsaber. I mean, this is this is meant to be with you. Something something calls you. And she said it's the force and it's it binds us. It brings us together. It's just I don't know that Maz is not a Jedi master, but. She exudes that, right? She she is a teacher, no, and I absolutely. just just find it incredible. And I don't know. There's there's other people too in this that I think are, you know, I mean, we all have our favorite Jedi's, but we also got people like Palpatine. He might not be the best influence, but he teaches something, right? You know, he's he's not a good guy. 
I mean, he was he was a we had Steve talking about how he had a no, but he's Palpatine's got that master politician thing now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's really he's really yeah, good at making that. you. No, 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 no. Completely fine, Mark. I mean, I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that idea of like there's a teacher, but not really identifying as a teacher. You know what I mean? That kind of motif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it like in in Solo, which we mentioned earlier. It's like Tobias Beckett. You know, Han learns oh. so much from Beckett. Didn't think about you that. You know, and, 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 yeah, and, and, and sometimes with Beckett, it is, you kind of get the, the impression it is, come on, kid, let's sit under the learning tree. I'm going to tell you some stuff. But Beckett thinks he's one of those guys that I'll tell him as much as he needs to know, but not everything I know. And he doesn't quite realize Han is so savvy that Han's picked up the lessons that he didn't think he was telling him, which was why uh -huh. Han shot first at the end on Severin. Oh, so, so there's, 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 there's things like that. So, whereas, like you say, with Palpatine, Palpatine's playing the kindly uncle to Anakin all the time. And, yeah, you know, you can talk to me. I know the Jedi. There's things that are going... You know, the whole spiel that he comes out with, especially in Sith. Right. But, but, um, but yeah, of course, it, that's all a means to an end. So, you know, that he's playing that grand master plan. I mean, like you said about Yoda running away, Obi-Wan running away. You know, the Sith ran away for thousand years, didn't they, before Phantom Menace? So, so you know, there is a there is a, yeah. a thread of these guys laying low and let's wait for the, the things to even up. Because the Force is like this, isn't it, all the time? Yeah. We're seeing it in the High Republic. It's, when forth. do you come into the story? At what point, if the Force was a graph through the Star Wars line, where are you picking the story points? Well, the Force is sort of more in balance here. Kind of swaying more towards the Sith at this point, so let's write a story then. Maybe that's when the acolyte set. I don't know. You know, you kind of you could do yeah. it almost like a heartbeat. So, um, but I think I think Tobias Beckett is one that jumps out to me because, you know, and Han's kind of not enamoured by him, but you know, there's definitely uh, he gravitates towards him to a degree. Yeah. Uh, and Beckett, you know, he loves giving his little story. Oh, I want to go back to was it Glee Anselm and learn to play the Valakord. The Valakord. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's brilliant, Mark. I didn't thought about <laughs> Tobias. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, I thought right, about, right, right. I, I haven't thought about Tobias playing <laughs> such a big role because you watch that scene and you're right. He, Han does learn the lesson to shoot first because he's like, kid, you didn't learn everything. Boom, gets shot in the chest. It's like kind of a jump scare too because I didn't expect it to happen so quickly. Yeah. But it it's yeah. one of those moments where you're so correct, man, because you know he did learn. He learned you know, in a subconscious way, right? And, and my buddy Richard brings yeah. up a really good point. And I want to kind of talk about this for a second. Richard said, seriously, though, I like the multiple teacher relationships, relationships with Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka in Clone Wars because mm. that was a really cool dynamic that no one talks about. Those first couple of seasons of Clone Wars, yeah. we had really the Anakin and Ahsoka struggling to figure each other out and then Obi-Wan kind of overseeing it. And that's a yeah, lot like of help giving life. Anakin some advice and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the Mortis arc is incredible for that reason because it's everyone in a new area, they all approach it differently. But also, you've got learning and like Anakin having to suffer to learn some things. And then, even with the first episode, the Clone Wars movie, which I'm sure we all saw, it was just like, you know, Anakin struggling to, to teach someone something new. It's, it's the lesson he needed, right? And that's the coolest part about, you know, Star Wars and teaching is. As much as it is a lesson for me to teach you or you as a parent, Jerry, and, and Mark as a writer, we all have to teach and kind of form these ideas, but it's ultimately up who reciprocates it, who takes it in, how are they going to take it in, and how are they going to take it and you know put their own spin on it, right? That's that's kind of a cool thing. That's pretty sick. I haven't thought about that, Richard. It's a, 
to call back uh, to uh, Yoda from The Last Jedi, we are what they grow beyond and stuff. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Finding that yeah. way to spin it in f- to where it works for them. So Yeah, definitely. And also that's something that a teacher has no control over. I mean, you know, you, you won't have any control over the way that your students take the information that you give to them and pass exactly. on. Oh, thank you very much, Alex Michaels. Um, you know, y- you can only Suck give ups, them what you pet. can. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Do with that information, isn't it? You know. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point, you know. And, and I honestly, uh, this is a real quick little interlude here. I teach, I've taught the same group of kids for three years since the third year with me. And like, I was going over kind of a review thing, you know, today. One of them was like, you taught us that? And I'm like, you know, and all the other kids are like, yeah. So, like like you said, it's ultimately what the kids really take in to, like, learn, right? And some of these lessons aren't – not my lessons I teach, but some of our lessons in life, we don't realize how they matter until far later, okay? You don't know what, right. what it yeah. means then. You could have learned something about oh, yourself yeah. a long time ago, and you don't know what it means until – 12 years later or 10 years like it's just the craziest thing and and i think that's the beauty of being able to reflect on things and being able to kind of have these experiences where you're like well wait a minute that's why they did this for me back then because it would lead me to this point now it taught me a like a sort of independence or a sort of ability to realize these things together and i don't know there's there's a really deep subtext to star wars and I think a lot of us may have had lessons from that. And Jerry, you have shared with me before that TLJ came out in the right time for you. And I want you to kind of tell the audience what you mean by that. Because Jerry's told oh. us before privately. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. Because oh there's something. No. There's some, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> there's something to that, though, Jerry. You told me that before. What do you mean by that? Well, well, it has a lot to do with this right here. And that's where baby Wookiees come from, kids. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Boop. Thank you. No. Um, I, Last Jedi came out at a time in my life where uh, I was dealing with a lot of doubt in myself and kind of the things I'd grown up in, my faith and things like that, you know. Um, and it was just a time where, you know, this this guy, Luke Skywalker, that I grew up watching movies of him as the hero, seeing him be in a place where he was very vulnerable and very human and very just, I mean, very Luke, right? Very, to me, it was Luke because he was, um, he was doing what he thought was best, which was the best way for me to save people is to remove myself from the equation. And so that's very, to me, that's a very Luke Skywalker answer. Like he's very, uh, self-sacrificing, you know, like he's, he's, he's all about the self-sacrifice and things like that. Um, I mean, he threw away his saber and was just ready to be... He gambled that Palpatine would kill him uh, in Return of the Jedi. uh, Or gambled that his father would save him from Palpatine if he just threw away his saber and let him kill him. And so... (coughs) Excuse me. It's a man that's not... uh, He is a a character that is not above uh, or even afraid of... I'll I'll go away, and it was a little bit. It was a lot of. There was a lot of fear to that decision as well. But I think that he believed for himself, and it was just, you know, he was very disillusioned with the Jedi, very disillusioned with all we do is bad and stuff. That was just kind of a time in my life where um, 
the political situation in America, things that I had seen from people that I had, you know, when, back when I was a little more religious, I was going to church with and things. And it was just a time like that story and the story of Ahsoka kind of becoming a little disillusioned with the, the way that the Jedi had become oh, so wow. dogmatic and things very much um, stuck with me. That's why that Yoda, the whole scene with him and Yoda rings so true and is su such a great lesson was such a great thing for me to hear and stuff i've i've cried watching that scene before because it is he's, he's telling him you know it's it's saying look you it's okay to mess up you're gonna mess up and you're you know people are people their big thing was oh well luke you know he was older he should he already made those mistakes from what i hear and i'm 34 now i haven't grown out of making mistakes yeah. i haven't grown out of making dumb decisions you know i mean like you never do it that's what yeah. I hear. That's what I hear, Mark. And so I, you know, to see that go and to hear it reciprocated, Yoda going, "Look, look, look! It doesn't matter what some old books say." He knew that Ray had the books and stuff like that, but it was an example of like, you know, these things that you are kind of putting up on this pedestal and and worried about what you truly care about. You tr and he Luke truly did Luke truly was a Jedi still he cared about the universe he cared about like what people and what was going on he just didn't know the way to help it right he felt like he caused it things like that it's you know um, and it was just kind of like Yoda saying like no 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 all that stuff still matters and it's okay for that to matter and it's okay and and it really filled Luke that that way he could go to the end of uh, like the, I mean the last confrontation of him and Ben is one of my favorite oh yeah uh, like on crate is one of my favorite things in all of Star Wars because he's teaching him one last lesson and and sort of kind of apologizing but at the same time he's like you are a space Nazi right now you join the space <laughs> Nazis but but I know he's like he basically try he's saying stuff he's like I know that I can't bring you back to the light but I can teach you a lesson that can that will just completely still leave like a little bit it'll drive that nail a little bit in more for ray to finally finish you know like finish driving it in and uh, leia honestly at the end finally is the one who finally yeah. snapped him out of it by just letting him know i still care i called your name and things like that but just uh, that that moment at the end of last jedi where he apologizes to ben and he's i'm sorry and I, I mean, at the time I was like, oh yeah, give him hell, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, be, he's being sarcastic and stuff, but I, I, I look back on it now. I'm a little more like, there's a little more compassion in it than I think I saw at the beginning. Wow. And it's just, it's such a good, like the last Jedi for me is just a movie that is about everyone fails sometimes and it's mm -hmm. okay. And mm -hmm. you can get right back up with the help of your friends and stuff. You, I mean, you can get back. There's always people to help you and there's always a chance to get back up and keep going. Even when things seem the darkest. So that's what the last Jedi means to me. And that's Damn. what it meant to me at that time. That um, was good. I, I can go on. I could go on more. It doesn't have no. much to do with teaching. But no, that was um, good though. It does. It does though. Because that was amazing. Cause, cause you well, I mean, I used to teach Bible classes and stuff too, you know, and like I was, yeah. I was, uh, you know, I'm in it. I was a true believer. And I, to, to have like those views that I'd grown up with challenged so harshly and to go, no, 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 the core values you care about still, truth, uh, justice, um, love, compassion matters. Yeah. It yeah. matters. And people truly do 
most people are good and want that as well. You, you got to work with them. You got to work together. But that's just that's some of the things that the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi came out. That was. It's great that it it came out in, during Trump's America, guys. I mean, it's it's that that was a product of Trump's presidency. I'm just gonna yeah. say, like, it's not to, yeah. not to get political or anything. Star Wars has never been political, though, right? <laughs> right. I mean, you're so right, too, Jerry. And, and I had never heard you go off that in that way before. That was really well said. That was like, well, I want to clip that and keep it on this. <laughs> like, that is good. Um, that was. I, I'm gonna need more wine after that because that was. Uh, <laughs> like, we took a Mark, trip. I wanted to ask you this. I know Jerry just had a huge moment. I don't know if anything speaks to you about the subtext of Star Wars, or is there a movie that maybe, like, I don't know, that kind of, like, hit, and you're like, man, I get this now. I get on a deeper level. Is there anything you want to share about that? Nothing overtly. I think I think because I, mean, I, was, I was six when Star Wars came out, so it's, it's always sort of been in the background, and it's the thing that I've always watched and read. Um, but there's nothing... When we have conversations like this, yes. and, and you're sort of laying it out and, and, and detailing things, then it, it very much becomes evident. But for me, I think one of the things that's kept me interested in Star Wars for so long, and I'm still, like you say, people come into Star Wars and they're excited. To me, I can't believe Star Wars is 40 years old because Star Wars feels like it came out yesterday to me. So sure. it's still got right. that freshness that the other franchises lose for reasonably quickly. Certain franchises right. are the biggest thing ever just feels stale after a while. Star Wars has never felt stale, thank goodness. Absolutely. So so I think I'll just watch it as it comes to me, and then it's later when I'm doing the podcast with someone, I'm writing an article for something, or I'm just noodling down my own stuff. They'll suddenly go, hang on. You know, like, like you were talking then, and I'm thinking, well, you've got, you know, the, the, the Qui-Gon lesson about, you know, Phil, don't think, use your instincts. And I'm thinking, well, that's Han Solo, isn't it? That's Anakin. Yeah. You know, yeah, and you can yeah. apply lessons to different characters, I'm a Trek guy as well, so I think of the triumvirate of Kirksbach and McCoy, and I think how uh-huh, they Trying to put parallels between the characters there. There's the heart, there's the logic, there's the gut, you know, uh, and the, the the action and just things that people do. So when you start whittling it down in a felony way, and no one's ever going to put it as well as Dave does, but you know, it, it's <laughs> right. it's all there. And and I think like with life, you know, you say about things. You, you learn something and it might be a dozen years later when circumstances activate the thought that, hang on, I already know this. I know what yeah. to do in this circumstance. Or, I dealt with that wrong. I'm a better person than that. That's so Star Wars, isn't it? And you don't realize, you look at Star Wars Absolutely. and it's the glitz and the glamour and the visuals and the music and everything else. Sure. Underneath it, as are, like you say, so many themes. So for me, watching it, I just let it wash over me. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out in my head. Uh, you know, on things like this or at Fanther or wherever. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Which is why I think it's kept me interested for so long. Isn't that funny? You know, and, and they always talk about it being modern mythology. And obviously it is. I mean, it's a lot of tropes we've seen in, in ancient storytelling that have kind of get reutilized and revitalized just from watching it, right? And and I listened to this Joseph Campbell audiobook, and it's like just him interviews with him and Bill Moyer. And I'm like, my my mouth has just dropped the entire time. I'm like, there's so much things that are in this book that Star Wars contextualized for me. It took it and it made it make more sense. Like, I don't know, like I teach science and I love talking about science. I have a deep interest in it. But when Star Wars and science meets, usually it's not favorable. And usually people have a tendency to tear stars apart. Like it's not scientific, which it's not, it's space fantasy. But the reason I'm saying that 
is if you watch The Phantom Menace, and, and funny enough, like you were saying, Mark, it's, it's one of those ones that probably have the deepest themes, probably is the most interesting, yeah. you know, the prequels at least, because The yeah. Phantom Menace teaches you subconsciously about symbiotic relationships and what happens when those things go wrong. Jerry's heard me do this rant before, but, you know, the Gungans... In the Naboo, I'll buckle in for another one. I know. Here we go. Get the roller coaster. So the Gungans in the Naboo <laughs> are an example of when a symbiotic relationship does not work because they should be working. They live on the same planet. They have the same interest. They just don't like each other. Yeah. It, right? It's like people. It's just like people. But <laughs> really? then you think about midi chlorians the same exact idea on a microscopic level and the reason that the force is influenced is and you you can have the ability to use the force is simply because of these little microscopic things living within you that dictate pretty much what you do and what you say so it's a really kind of a beautiful idea of what is destiny what is fate who's really in charge and i mean that's the ultimate idea of the phantom menace who's actually in charge is it the things yeah. within you? Is it you as a greater person? Is it what you bestow upon other people? Because obviously without Qui-Gon, we wouldn't have Anakin. And and Qui-Gon had a really good sense of choosing the right people to put together. I mean, Obi-Wan was like, why Why are these? Why did you bring these pathetic life forms on board? And Qui-Gon knew deep down that they would be so much more important to the overall, you know, not just story of Star Wars, but the story of the galaxy. I mean, Qui-Gon had to have some sort of foresight as to what was going to occur later down the line. And he wouldn't have done that if he wasn't so in tune with himself and in tune with the things around him. He yeah. he brought the Gungans and the Naboo together to solve a conflict. And then you see that in Padme's funeral in Revenge of the Sith, they are like walking with Padme. So that There's moments in the Clone there. Wars. There's moments in the Clone yes. Wars where the Gungans and the Naboo are working together. Yeah. And everything, you know, just for common good and all yeah. of that. That's it's it, it really is far reaching. It, it is. Really is. And that's that's funny because, you know, when yeah. you, when you take it apart like that and and there's other things in Star Wars too. One of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars is Mace Palpatine and um and Anakin. That is if you look at how it's shot it, it's straight up out of Shakespeare. It's straight up out of like the Odyssey. It's straight up out of so many different things that are rooted. You know, you've got the conflicted character, the one that is the objective good, and the one that is the objective bad. But it's up to the interest of the of the person as to what you can get out of it, right? That that's I don't know. I'm gonna go off on a tangent, but the subtext of Star Wars is just so rich. It's so rich, especially yeah. the prequels I mean, and you the original down into it, can't. Yeah. Yes. You can no, keep drilling down it. into it. It's going to keep us talking forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is which is beautiful. What one last yeah. one I want to bring up that I don't think people uh, that we I mean that I'm just now coming to someone who is wise beyond her years, Padme herself, yeah. as a teacher, mm. as someone who stood up for the right and things like that. I mean, just look at all the things that she did, like in the books. Uh, in uh, the Clone Wars, even in just the films, just the way that she was able, as a person who was 14 when she was a queen, mm -hmm. I about knocked my wine over uh, <laughs> when I did that. Um, I, but, you know, as someone who was a queen at 14 years old and led a people, and, and she, under her rule, and again, Qui-Gon helped push towards that, but, I mean, she was, after Qui-Gon left, like, she took that on, and she was like, no, 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 we're, we're moving on, and let's, mm -hmm. let's learn together, let's grow together. Um, she's teaching Anakin things. She's teaching uh, these 
her fellow senators, Bail Organa, all of these people. There's like yeah. there's some awesome stuff in uh uh is it Queen not Queen's Peril is the second book. Uh Queen's Shadow, the first yeah. one. There's some awesome things about where she's first when she first meets um Bail and uh be first became a senator and she is just like I mean, she's teaching these people things uh that are like men women who are older than her um she just it i mean leia is every bit her daughter it's amazing like leia yeah, is the same yeah. but like like you were said earlier uh mark uh leia like leia made things happen yes and things like that leia leia was a leader Le leader teachers are leaders and things like that and i think that uh leia padme uh there's just uh, there's just such amazing examples of that kind of just that, that spirit and everything. One thing I think is important Absolutely, to address. Yeah. Oh, Mark, you want to say one more thing? No, I was just going to say, I very much agree. Sorry, we've got a slight time nugget. I, I very much agree with that. I think especially about Padme as a character, you know, you look at the Phantom Menace and you think that this, this key, obviously key characters for that film. Uh, but you look at, you look at, I don't know, you look at the mall, Palpatine relationship. There's a student-teacher relationship right there, and, and and a very harsh one. But the best thing that the best thing that Maul ever did for Palpatine was take out Qui Gon. You know, and yeah. and, and Palpatine wow. knew that with Padme still alive, Anakin would never be able to let go. Anakin being the the you know the character that he was, and of course now he's died, but he's still Anakin at core. If Padme's still alive, he's got something to fight for. With Padme gone, he's got nothing to fight for. So, yeah. you know, her as a character was so influential. These two key characters. Of course, that's where F. Wellspring of All Star Wars, isn't it, really? The prequels. First thing you ever yeah. read in the 1976 novel, it's basically a pricey of the Clone Wars. So, yes. <laughs> you know, it's uh, usually important as a character, yeah. It's amazing. And, you know, one thing I kind of want to end it on because we're, we're running a little bit over. I want to end on this, okay? Because this is an interesting concept, and the Mandalorian has taught me a lot personally, and I did not realize I needed to know about myself. Because, I mean, especially with fatherhood. Fatherhood comes in all different shapes and sizes, and the Mando is not ready for that. But um, I will say this. What do you think, like, I, I have it written down. What do you want Star Wars to teach the next generation? Because right now, I'm not kidding, I probably have six or seven students in the chat that are just going away. And, of course, they're young. I get it. We're all, we were all naive at one point, and they're probably naive, but they're probably really smart, too. Probably smarter than we imagine. But what I'm saying is, what do you want them to teach? What do you want Star Wars to teach the next generation? Like, what is something that this group of kids should leave kind of like how we left with it, you know? Um, I don't know if you have anything in mind. Oh, look. There we go. As a father of four daughters, I have to say, the very practical teacher in Star Wars that teaches my girls that they can be strong. That's right. You know? that, And Leave that could be the lesson. That could be the lesson because that's now – yeah. I was going to say, Ray is the one of the very first times we finally get a female Jedi that is a lead. And we've got girls growing up now, like your daughter, Jerry, who who, who likes Ray and She gets to grow sequels. up with I've, – I have cried for the fact that Ray exists, that there are characters in the Marvel movies that exist on the big screen because my daughter can have the choice if she wants to. I won't. I as much as it seems like I probably will. I'm not going to force her to like that stuff. No. But she's big into. We're big into rainbows and unicorns right now. That's great. But <laughs> if she wants to, she has all these strong female characters: Captain uh, Marvel, you know, uh, Ray, like just a, that she can look up to, and uh, go look. I want to. You know, I can do anything. I can be strong. I can lead. 
And, well, it's, and it's, is that what you want the next generation to learn? Like, I mean, is that- I, I, the, the thing that came to my mind, if I'm going first now, I guess, is just that I want, uh, like Anakin said in uh, Attack of the Clones, and I believe he believed it, I, and I don't, he wasn't just using it to mac on uh, <laughs> his girl. He wasn't just using it to flirt with Padme. But um, he says compassion, which is essential to a Jedi's life. Um, I, I just want Star Wars to teach the next generation compassion. Wow. Um, not that our generation is without it, but it just there are times in this world where it feels like I think we could – I don't think you can ever run out of compassion. I think no. there can be just mountains and – I think we have mountains and mountains to go of compassion still, that we could still use heaps and heaps of it. Sure. Um, I, don't think, I don't think compassion will ever get old as a, uh, a moral to teach mm-hmm. others. That's beautiful. The next generation. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I, I I see that like tenfold, you know, because you see it as a teacher, and you know, there's always going to be kids that are just not the the star student or not the student that everyone's like, oh, I love you, you're a great kid. There's some students that kind of take the back burner, and I think it's important to acknowledge that those kids also have these same exact feelings that they need to they need to be acknowledged right and and it's through compassion as a teacher or as an adult you can bring out the best interests and the best features of certain students and kids and uh i don't know like well nick wrote something really nice before i get to you mark i, say, this. I want the next generation learn they can choose who they are the same way ray chose to be a skywalker because it could be how you feel both in terms of you know your your personality what you can bring to the world but it's also to acknowledge the fact that we're all unique, and we all have these different attributes that can make us who we are. But it ultimately is up to choose. Choose what you want to be. You have a choice. And Ray chose to be a Skywalker when she could have chose to be a Palpatine and had the whole universe to herself. And that's her blood right. That was what was given to her. But she decided in the end, this is more for me. Um, Mark, do you have anything you want to share with that? Like the uh, what you hope the next generation takes away from these Star Wars stories? I think in in the four stories, all characters have attributes. All characters have skills. They and and um, they steer towards certain things. And I think that's true in life. You know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So I think sometimes it takes it takes time to figure it out. And I think with Star Wars, a lot of the characters have to figure it out. Luke in the sequel trilogy is still figuring it out. You know, and there's a lot of characters. It takes Anakin time. Okay. He, he makes the wrong choice, but it takes Anakin time to figure it out. So I think that's maybe one thing um, that I would say. There's a niche for everyone. You don't inst- you don't you don't leave school at 18 and go. I know exactly what I'm going to do. Some people exactly. Some people follow a path. Uh, a great friend of mine. We went out for a meal earlier. He went to university, did two doctorates. Um, smartest guy I'll ever know. A stars in everything, just a genius. Went off work to teach, taught the other side of the world, came back, learnt to be a school teacher, stuck it out for six months because he hated the paperwork, and now works for the local <laughs> council bring library books, and he's the happiest guy I know. And and so sometimes you've just got to, you know, the niche isn't what you expect it to be. And I think wow. sometimes, you know, different people just go down different paths. And I think maybe maybe that's a lesson if you want to take it. You know, it's like don't don't be defined by where you are at twenty or 30 or 40 you know sometimes things can take time to just slot into their lane you know and and so maybe maybe that's something that you could take away from it because a lot of these characters have skills and don't know what their best 
destiny is and it's about figuring it out wow yeah that's beautiful because we're so used to seeing stories honestly like even star wars is guilty of it but like you're destined to do greater things but you don't know when they're going to happen to you right and you don't know yeah. when these moments are going to speak to you and like your right. like your friend that that is amazing where he he wanted to be a teacher yeah. and he's like Wait a minute! I don't like doing all this. I'm gonna go do what I want to do, right? And that's that's yeah. also part of it yeah. too, Mark. And you hit that perfect. Yeah. It's not. Well, and there's always time when you're as long as you're breathing. Yes, is, as I think yes. another great thing that point yeah. that you made. Yeah, and like yeah. it's sometimes it's crazy because you you do this job, you do a certain job for years and years and years, and then you realize it was never meant for you to begin with. There is something that there might be a higher calling somewhere else, and that's an okay thing to accept. I think that's one problem with the generations before us, and, you know, people used to get set in their ways, and that was it. Like, yeah. you're going to be a farmer, and that's yeah. it. Like Luke. Luke was going to be a farmer. He was going to be a moisture farmer right. until, bam, he gets hit over the head, essentially, with all this knowledge that there's a bigger thing out there and you can achieve that bigger yeah. thing and that's uh that's beautiful i like that jerry what do you want to say oh <laughs> i love I how you're just it. like you are you are fine you this man knows my my tells i, can I would see not it be, now. I, I will not be i will not be able to play uh poker with scotty anymore or sabak <laughs> whatever we want to play i don't know um I, all, all i was gonna say was just um the i was just gonna make a plug for uh Kristen Bavers, uh or uh, uh, Skywalker, a family at war book, mm -hmm. because I'm to the part where it's talking about Luke and Leia's early life. I'm to I'm to the dark times now in there. I read all the Anakin part is incredible. Um, it, and again, it's it's basically like uh, the message, the story. Th there's it's it's basically like if it, people who grew up in churches and stuff, there's a there's a book that's like basically the Bible, the story of the Bible, the narrative written in yeah. a novel form. It's like the story of the entire saga, including moment, pivotal moments in Clone Wars mm -hmm. and stuff um, for the, the Star Wars, like the entire like Skywalker saga. It's incredible. Wow. But they have very cool, th very interesting things about like uh, how uh, Owen and Beru they were trying to keep Luke from good. They weren't trying to like oppress him. They thought that legitimately, like this is the best life you can live, is a simple, hardworking, like just simple farmer's life. Yeah. They were trying to give him everything in that respect, and say, you know, like all that is just it's it, it, anyway. There's just a lot of interesting stuff there. So go read that, kids. It's incredible. Kristen Baver did an amazing job on that. But we've also got a couple of really cool things in here. Yeah, in the chat. I wanted. I wanted to pull pull the ones up you see because well I, the ones I pull up here I, I like this one from Seth kindness is free and it can be the most valuable thing you can give a person yeah. that's very wise that is very awesome Seth I right. love that yeah. it's not and hard then, to do either it's not like you said like you said it's free it is absolutely free you can the hardest part for you is to choose to not be an a hole yeah honestly. The hardest part for you is to choose, like, even if some, like, the best thing you can do is probably to even be kind, even when someone is being terrible to you, if it's just in passing or something. I'm not saying stay in abusive relationships and stuff. I'm talking about, like, if, like, someone, like, I was in a drive-thru today and the guy was a little like short but it was lunch it was a rush and all that kind of stuff so you let it go you don't like you don't focus on stuff like that you try to be extra kind mm -hmm. to those people so that they can you know hopefully have a better day things like that it's just it, it's yeah. free and it can be again the most valuable thing you give a person Scotty I think I know the other one you're talking about is it is it uh, from William Hardy the, yeah, that's the moment 
<laughs> this is pretty this, cool. This is this is kind of a new. This is a student of mine. I'm not kidding. This is this, this is very neat. It, it very it warms my heart, Scotty. I know it's one of your students. If you you, you want to read it, you can. But this this sure. warms my heart because when we came up with the phrase "stay bombad," like that was like just. I mean, that's something that we just kind of came up with it because it's something Jar Jar says, and it's kind of cool. Like, hey, stay bombad, guys! But it has mm-hmm. grown to mean something to people, and that's yeah. just very special to yeah. me. It's, so he, for, he said, sure. I decoded stay bombad last night, and it can mean many things, but I decoded it to be yourself, to stay brilliant, so that the Bombcast motto also teaches us stuff. And I appreciate that, William. Be, William, be yourself and stay brilliant. I love He that. will have me as a teacher that. next week, and um, uh, next week, next year. And, and William's a great kid, but, I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's part of it, right? Right. Nice. Yes. I, I will say this because I am an Amazon driver now. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. This is a good one. Look, look at Patrick said. This is this is pretty profound. People need to learn to disagree kindly again. That seems to be our biggest problem these days. People yeah. get so vitriolic when that kind of there thing was, happens. We, we, we've it's been a rough several years. I, I think that, that we, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I just I think it's I think yeah. it's really important to acknowledge that, right? Oh yeah, sorry. You you were just gonna say I cut across you. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. I was just gonna I was just gonna bring up the fact that like, you know, and and this kind of plays into what Holla Chronicle said earlier. You know, the less I'm online, the more encouraged I am about humans. Some same with compassion. It's just out there, just not on Twitter, oh, yeah. and that's true. Well, I mean, I mean, I yeah. was I was gonna say to this. Um, I actually, it, what's funny is I've had the opposite experience online. A lot, especially through my hard times recently, like a lot of you people online are what have kept me positive and kept me doing this and kept me uh, sane, frankly. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it, it can go both ways, you know I mean? It's, it's that little bit of, you can be, especially you should use that compassion on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, just, just for crying out loud. I mean, Twitter has also gave me horrible, horrible anxiety, but, uh, <laughs> but the, I choose to focus on the part of it that. I mean, all the amazing yeah. people like Mark, Scotty, like mm-hmm. I, I, me and Scotty are together because we knew of each other on Twitter and we met at sure. Celebration. Yeah. I mean, it, well, it's not very there, much there, the Qui-Gon there, line. Isn't, I'm sorry, isn't the, the whole social no. media thing is that Qui-Gon line, your, your focus determines your reality. Like you say, oh, if, exactly. you just, if you just focus on the positive stuff, it's all gravy, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Wow. That's good. I'm just I, that's the thing is like I've, I there is so much vitriol. There's so much terribleness. But I have met too many amazing people for me. For me. And that's I'm not saying that that's bad what what Holocronicus was saying at all or what you were saying. It, there are very bad corners that yeah. I don't want to go to that which is why, you know, I mean, uh what do we what what's the phrase uh uh curate your experience? And yes. stuff, you know, on there, make yeah. sure you create your experience. I uh, surround yourself with not an echo chamber, but surround yourself with people who aren't going to drag you down into the depths. Surround yourself with yeah. people who are going to help build you up and and teach you things that maybe you didn't know before. And yeah. that's what it's that's yeah. what it's done for me. And I, I hope that I hope I just pray and hope for everyone to have a better uh online experience from here on out. <laughs> I just I yeah. And I Use that block that. button liberally, kids. Use that block button liberally. <laughs> well, look, I had an absolute blast talking about this stuff. Um, Mark, I, I, I know you can get some plugs in. So, Mark, anything you want to kind of plug that's coming out for you soon or if you got anything going on in your world? Uh, 
regular programming at the moment. Um, Phantom Tracks is ticking along quite nicely, so uh, quite proud of that. We're just in a, a nice site refresh and a server change, so the site's looking lovely and fresh and tidy, like it always does. Brian did a great job. Um, so we're proud as punch of that. And Making Tracks, we're 103 episodes in, I think, now, so that's ticking along nicely. So uh, that's all going good. I also write for Starburst magazine, the world's longest-running sci-fi magazine, and that's coming back to oh, print. Wow. We've had a break for a while, so that's back to print in december we're a quarterly premium format magazine now so looking forward to that coming back on shelves and then of course there's insider which is i think issue 204 just came out for you guys we get it in a couple of weeks over here so yeah and uh i've hopefully got a couple of articles on stars.com i'm sort of waiting for them to be slotted in somewhere so there's uh, yeah there's plenty going on there's always something going on always excellent to hear from you man you always write brilliant things i'm thankful that you can come on tonight too seriously we 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 are truly honored that you you made a time to come on seriously thank you so much late late night too (laughs) yes loved it (laughs) oh well i appreciate that well look um mark well i guess we can plug our things like we said every tuesday jerry right say it yeah well so so um we're moving to tuesdays with hyper focus and stuff and this coming tuesday the first the inaugural tuesday i am having charlie ashby from the imperial senate podcast and we are going to get into uh you know you've seen my shirt tonight Oh, we're gonna it. get into some ghosts. We're gonna get into some Ghostbusters. Nice. So we are nice. both. He's younger. Nice. He's younger than me, but I grew. What's funny is I like have connected he's with so many Ghostbusters everyone. fans. What's that? He's younger than everyone. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, <laughs> there's so much to talk about with all of that, and I just I've I was a Ghostbusters fan before I was a Star Wars fan, actually. Yeah. Like when I was little, that was it was all about Ghostbusters, and so um, in fact, me and Nick Milky both talked about. I'm sure it'll come up on that stream too. I used to have we both had that firehouse, that the Ghostbusters firehouse for the action figures and stuff. You know, they would slide <laughs> down the pole and everything, and so awesome, so great. It was so much fun. But uh, anyway, check that out. And I am actually going to be on. Uh, I'm going to be guesting. I'm not joining the Poodoo crew, but I am going to be joining the Poodoo. I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be guesting on shooting the Poodoo on the Broaxium Network uh, this Sunday night. And I was nice. told Jackson's in the chat. Uh, Jackson, Chris told me I could say that on here. So uh, the, the, <laughs> I don't think they've put out the thing yet. I guess they're going to put me on. I think they're going to put me with my head on the, the thing that Jackson made with um, my my head on the Queen Amidala. Like, you know, with the say something yeah. about the mother prequels bitch uh, thing that was on Force Connect a while ago. I think that might be my thing on there. And so check me out on Sunday, uh, shooting the poodoo. I cannot, cannot wait to do That's that. That's going to be a blast. So. That's going to be a blast. Scotty, and, what and about you, bud? With me, I've got Bombad Gaming every Wednesday. You know, I love doing this stuff. And one thing I will plug too for that, I've got the whole month planned out. Next week, we're playing a classic from my childhood, third grade classic for the PS2, ATV Off-Road Fury 2. It's like the most stupid, like, early 2000s name. Like, how ridiculous is that? ATV Off-Road Fury 2. It's just, like, it's so unbelievable. But um, I feel like that that should game. that should have come in like a twenty four pack cube of Mountain Dew or something. Yes, you probably you did. Know? And it, it came with like a Kawasaki <laughs> ATV toy. I remember. Um, oh wow! Then I'm playing oh, from Russia with Love. Oh, say it again, Mark. I'm sorry. Sorry, all, all with sixty Jar Jar sticky tongues. Yes. yes. Oh, there you go. Right, 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 right. Yes. <laughs> Jar Jar's I mean, Sticky Tongues is just what it's got to be from now on. That would it can't be really be the, sick. It, yes. 
So I'm doing this in the next couple weeks. The I don't know if y'all know this. This is crazy. But they did a For Mushroom With Love video game. I played it growing up. I had no idea Sean Connery came back and did extra lines from the move, like for this game, which is insane. It's like one of his last times playing Bond. So we'll talk about that then as well. And um, of course, a classic Destroy All Humans 2. I know Jerry loves these games. Oh my gosh, playing, I love Destroy All Humans. That. I so, hadn't even seen. I didn't. I guess I'm admitting I didn't look at your schedule and didn't oh, know okay. that was coming up. And so um, now I've that. I will be tuning into that one most likely. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. So um, also, also this. Yes, yes. Thank you. And also, let's just put that up with. Oops, that. sorry. I oh no, we're looking at. It. Sometimes me and me and Scotty get to it at the same time. Yes, thank you, William. Get vaccinated. Get a get a Jar Jar sticky tongue. There you go. <laughs> well, um, every guest gets the opportunity to do this, Mark. And I think he, maybe Charlie did it last time. I don't know. I want you to get a chance to do it. But we always end the episode with our phrase, stay bombed. But before I do that, before I do that, we have to do an inaugural video. And I know Mark probably already seen it. But it's did we, always Did we do that that night? Play. I don't know, but I'm going to do it right now. We, we, we need to we need to do videos anyway because we've 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 deprived them of their clips tonight. Yes, we did, and we are deeply sorry. But I know Mark has to go. Mark has got a he's got a lot going on. Maybe I don't know, but I think it's late, and I want to make sure he gets some more. Mark rest. does have so, a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. look, we're gonna we're gonna induct uh, Mark into the one and only club again. He may have already been inducted by this, but we love playing this. This is so official. Mark, it's official now. It's official. Enjoy this, Paul Stanley rendition of the Folgers. Oh, yes. This is your wake-up call. Time to reach. Go for it all. Folgers serve inside of me, and I know what I can be. Limit is the sky. Hey, world, watch me <laughs> if I could, just, I I can set it to be my alarm. I want that. You welcome, welcome, sir. Welcome. I just want that. To, that's I want that song to play every morning when I wake up. Like, yeah, I just want that to, as the coffee machine turns on. Uh, the, it's the sky. Like it's you know, oh, it's so good, so good. It's beautiful, and um, you know, Mark had a lot to say about Dave Floney tonight. So I'm gonna let Dave Floney sing something for us real quick too. Always makes me laugh. Literally, always makes me laugh. Oh man! I wish that I wish that that was him. I wish that, that I really do. <laughs> I mean, like in the like in the Mandalor like the behind the scenes of the Mandalorian, we're gonna get at the end of the month. Like it has that scene of him singing <laughs> that song. I would love that. Oh, some Chicago. Um, Mark to kill it and end it all together. Can you get us a really good stay bombed so we can close up the show? I can try. I'm just warming up now. Okay. All right. so how good this will be, but it's the best I've got at three in the morning. Okay, <laughs> everyone. Stay bombad. Stay bombad. Peace.
Ninja. Oh, bomb.